I have some news to share. The Pumping Podcast now has two sponsors and I could not be more excited. So mamas out there listening, whether you're a soon-to-be mama, a new mama, or you're looking for a gift for someone, if you want an all-in-one feeding system that you can pump, store, and feed all from the same bag, my guest Sarah recommends to try the Kind Twist. And I now have a very special link just for you in the show notes. Kind products are the safest and most convenient way to collect, store, and feed breast milk. Check them out today in the show notes, and let me know if you'd like a free starter kit, and I'll hook you up. My next sponsor is Hypnobabies. You might have heard me talk about them before. If you haven't listened to episode 7 yet, take a listen. I sit down with the founder of Hypnobabies. Her name is Carrie Tushoff. Hypnobabies is a method of easily and naturally preparing for childbirth. There are also single tracks as well if you don't want the full method. And there are even tracks for non-birth-related things like how to quit smoking, to help your toddler sleep better, and even to ease that anxiety, which I know we all could use at many times. The most exciting thing is though, if you check out the link in the show notes and make sure you use the promo code PUMPINGPODCAST, you'll get 20% off. Check them out! Now off to the regular scheduled program. Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week in my mini meditation and wellness series, I am bringing you a conversation with one of my best friends. Her name is Erin Adams, and we're going to be talking about faith. She is the worship and communications director at a church, and so I thought it was an important time for us to just dial into our spirituality, no matter what that is, whether that's connected to a religion or not whether you believe in something or you don't. But either way, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that there is some sort of energy and something out there that keeps us all together, that keeps us all positive and keeps us all going. And that's the faith that we need to look forward to during a time like this. So listen in as we just chat about her life and how she's keeping the faith during this hard time. I'm so happy I get to sit here and chat with one of my best friends, my best mama friends, Erin Adams. How are you, mama? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I got out. I got some fresh air. I went for a little run. I'm feeling good. Oh, yep. It's so necessary. That's something I've been saying to everyone who's who I've talked to recently is that if you can go outside, go outside. Yeah. Keep Even if distance, it's cold. Be safe, but yeah. 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 Cause you've been doing your walks with Julian out in the cold, in the rain and everything. Mm-hmm. So yep. good. Yeah. It's just necessary. I, I am a firm believer in socially distancing right now. I think it's really important that we listen to the experts. Um, However, actually not however, just and and yeah. also <laughs> and also um really grateful that the weather has been 45 degrees and above so yes. that I can bundle Julian up if need be and I can bundle myself up if need be and we can go on a walk together. And honestly, like when it's raining out, Julian really enjoys it. He yeah. loves feeling the rain on his hands. Um, I do cover his head and body, yeah, but he yeah. loves 
he loves reaching out and feeling it. So it's fun. It's fun. And we've had a couple 70 degree days, which is like a straight up gift from the Lord. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I was saying to somebody recently, like, thank God that this didn't all happen. Like, January or, or even, or even if it was like December, January, February around the holidays and oh that would be so hard. So yeah, we have to look at the positive side. Yep. Absolutely. Make the best of it. So this week I'm sitting down with one of my truly best friends, Erin Adams. She is not only a mama to an adorable little boy named Julian, who mm-hmm. I definitely don't get to see enough, but <laughs> oh well. Uh, and she's also the worship and communications director at a church in Pennsylvania. So we are going to sit and talk today about so many different things, but I want to focus a little bit on spirituality, what it's been for you, what it's been for your life, what's happening at this moment with spirituality for you, mm-hmm. what's happening, what it means and how it's affecting your job, and just all of those things that surround spirituality. And of course, for you, we're talking specifically about Christianity, but I want people to understand that I'm talking about spirituality in any sense of the word. So it can be any religion, anything you believe, anything you feel, even spirituality, I think, just with yourself. I think if you meditate or you do something that just allows you to be with you. If you go out for a walk, like we were just saying, and you're just one with nature, I think that's the sense of spirituality. And so of course for you, it's Christianity, but it can be absolutely whatever it is for anybody. Yeah. And I also want to say (laughs) that you are the writer and singer of my beautiful theme song for this podcast. Such a fun little project. You know what's crazy? I was doing some editing today on another episode and I was listening to the song and I was like, it really pertains to what we're going through right now too. I mean, you wrote it from the sense of being a mom and, you know, not knowing what was going to happen with them growing up and this and that, but, whoa, I was like, goodness gracious. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to play more of what you usually hear um, because usually it, it, underscores our conversation towards the end, but I'm going to play the full song so that people can actually listen to it because of course it's your voice, but then also because I think it could really be a meditative moment for people or a spiritual moment for people to just sit and listen to something like that. Sure. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Exciting. So of course I know your story, but why don't you go ahead and share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, mainly what what was life like for you before Julian came along? Mm, okay. So, well, I guess I should start with saying that um, I've always been a faith-centered um, person. As far as I can remember, um, my mom and dad really instilled faith values in me from the time I was a baby. Um, and obviously I don't remember that, but, <laughs> but, but that has been instilled in me since then. And, um, I grew up in the church. I grew up, um, cantering. I grew up Catholic. And so I grew up cantering, um, in Catholic mass and, um, I actually was bullied for that when I was in elementary school, which you would think would turn me away from that. But instead it actually drew me closer to God. Um, 
And so I continued cantering through high school and then I went to college and I had kind of a stereotypical uh, pull away from God year in college. Um, my sophomore year was really hard. Um, and I definitely pulled away uh, big time. And then um, actually you and I yeah. found our college church um, together my junior year. And our mentors there, um, I'm just going to shout them out. Crystal and Joel, if yeah. you're listening. Crystal and Joel at Lifehouse Church in Winchester, Virginia. Yeah. So they really just took us under their wing and loved us. And um, that was so powerful just to be really loved by two people who gained nothing, honestly, by loving us. We were poor college students. There's no way we could give huge yeah. offerings to the church. There's no way we could really give too much time to them, honestly, because we were so busy. They just wanted to love us. And that was really um, impactful. And um, they opened my eyes, at least to contemporary worship, which I grew up listening to um, Amy Grant, but I didn't really know that she was a contemporary Christian artist. I just thought <laughs> she was some lady that my parents listened to. Um, so um, that contemporary Christian music really opened my heart and opened my mind and my eyes to a new genre, if you will. It was a more vulnerable side of faith. It was a more open and emotional side of my faith. And I'm really just super grateful for that moment in time, that season in our lives where my eyes were opened up. And so yeah. truly it changed my life. I, after graduating college, I did professional theater because that's what my training was in. And honestly, that's what my passion was. And it was great until it wasn't, then I started feeling God calling me into ministry. And perhaps stereotypically, I resisted that for a season and continued performing in musical theater. But I still felt this pull, this call into ministry. And so I kind of made a deal with God. I, uh, <laughs> I said, fine, Lord, if you can show me a job that I can use all of my training in. So I'm talking dance. I'm talking drama. I'm talking singing. I'm talking piano. I'm talking all of it. If you can yeah. show me a job that I can do all use all of my training, then I will work for you in ministry. <laughs> and sure enough, I'm on my email one day. This church sent me an email with a worship arts position wanting a dance ministry, a drama ministry, a music ministry. Like I was That's like That's amazing. Holy cow. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, that is so cool. Yeah. So then I had a deal with God that I would not move more than two and a half hours away from my family. But I started the search. I ended up working for a church that is two and a half hours away from my family. <laughs> just on the brink. <laughs> so 
still guy clearly has a sense of humor Mm -hmm. Um, and I have grown so much. I've been working now in ministry for eight and a half years. Wow. Oh my God, I can't believe it's been that long. I know. It's like mind-blowing. Time goes by so fast. I know. I do have to say that I'm one of, I think I'm unique in that I don't know of a time where I doubted God's existence. And I don't know if that's just my trusting nature. I don't know. Um, but I've never really dealt with that part of faith. However, I know that that is normal to, <laughs> to yeah. doubt the existence of God. And honestly, I sometimes wish that I knew what that felt like so I could relate to people better. That's just like you to say something like that. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> but just because I haven't doubted God doesn't mean that I haven't had my struggles with God. Um, I've been really angry at him or her or whatever you want to say. I've been really hurt by the concept of feeling abandoned by God. I've been really sad and feel felt lonely, even in the midst of believing that there is a God. And so in that way, I know that I can relate to people who struggle. So that all leads me to today. I have a 14 and a half month old son, (laughs) Julian, and he is so amazing. And I'm so, so, so thankful to be his mommy. He was my second pregnancy. I lost my first baby, um, like so many other women. I think it's one in four. It's it's crazy. I feel like it's one in two with the women that I interview. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It, it was so earth shattering for me to know that so many people deal with that. Just blows my mind. Just blows my mind. But I am very, very grateful now to have Julian and he brings me so much joy. It's really, uh, I couldn't explain it with words. Well, you know, it's funny for me, I feel like in talking about spirituality, I feel like my journey where yours has always kind of been fairly linear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what I like to say is that there's no cookie cutter faith. Yeah. Faith by definition is a relationship. Well, yeah. So for me, I mean, I was brought up Catholic and going to church, but But the interesting part about it is both of my parents actually worked in the church. They were both singers at church um, and my parents were divorced, are divorced. And so I would split my weekends up. So I would often find myself going to church sometimes four times (laughs) because I would be going with my mom or I'd be going with my dad for a couple. And then I'd be going with my mom, depending on how the, the weekend split up. And then, you know, time elapsed and through college, high school and college, I had kind of separated. And then we started going to Lifehouse with Joel and Crystal and found that church there in college. And that was kind of an opening shift for me. And then now I have not routinely gone to a church or had any sort of ritual in a spiritual sense. I do feel like I have a relationship to God in whatever form I think that is, or that could be you know, in just my walk today, you see God or you see energy. I mean, I think 
we have to, to some extent, agree that there's got to be something bigger than science and bigger than what we can imagine that is holding all of us together. You know, yeah. the, all those little things, all those intricacies that happen that no one can explain. So to me, that's God, that energy, that's, that's what I connect to it as, as opposed to a thing or a person or whatever. Sure. But anyway, it's just been interesting to kind of see. And I think for everybody, they have a different relationship. And I think in times like we're dealing with right now, you find yourself needing something and needing just some sort of comfort and some sort of place to put your energy and your confusion and your frustration and your hope and your everything. And that all ends up boiling down to faith. And however that looks, you know, how have you been feeling recently with all of the challenges that the world has been going through? It changes. Like, I feel like by the hour, but right now I feel hopeful. You know, you hear the phrase cookie cutter Christian. Well, I think that that is ridiculous because for me to be a cookie cutter Christian would mean that I have the same relationship with God as you do. Right. And that, that doesn't make any sense. Christian principles are different from person A to person B. Exactly. Really, the thing that makes you a Christian is that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is what I believe. Another thing that I think is a misconception about people of faith, or maybe especially Christians, is that we're not realistic. I'm very realistic about COVID-19 is no joke. It is putting people's lives on the line. It is damaging to our country and our world. It's putting people's lives in terrible situations. It's scary and it's sad. And I really, I can probably honestly say that the emotion I've experienced the most is frustration at people who are refusing to socially distance. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry if you're one of those people and you're listening. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I've been mad at you. So that's probably my emotion I've been experiencing the most, to be honest. Um, Frustration. Yes. However, I do cling to hope. I don't know too much about other world religions, but Every major world religion and even quote unquote minor religions all have this in common that we have something to look forward to. Right. And in this time, I am clinging to the hope, I am looking forward to the day when we can say COVID 19 is over because I believe that it's going to be. I don't believe we're going to be stuck in this forever. I believe that it's a temporary, be it hard, difficult, challenging season, but it's temporary. It is scary. And yes, it is hurtful. And yes, we're going to be dealing with the ramifications of this for at least a year, probably financially, emotionally, but there is hope. We will heal. We will heal from this. Have you found yourself leaning more towards the spirituality during this time? Yeah, honestly, I don't know how I would get through this or on really anything in my life if I didn't have faith. Mm -hmm. I wake up and 
talk to God. I talk to God all day long and I go to bed talking to God. And I cannot imagine not being able to do that. For me, um, my relationship with God is the core of my being, literally is my lifeline. You know, Julian has asthma. So this virus is very dangerous for him. And so I'm honestly a little bit of a crazy person, you know, like uh, (laughs) we're getting our groceries delivered now because I don't want to go into the grocery store. I do have to go into the office two days a week, but I'm a crazy person. I open every door with a Lysol wipe, um, turn on every light switch with a, with a Lysol wipe. But I also understand that I'm really privileged to be able to do that. I'm really grateful that I get to do that. And I'm really sad for those who don't. I'm really sad for those who are losing their jobs. I'm really sad for those who are forced to be in close quarters with other people when they don't want to be. And I'm heartbroken for the people who are losing people. And I don't want to sugarcoat that by saying, by pointing people towards hope, because I believe that it's important to lament. It's important to grieve. And it's important to be real with where you are. And if you're pissed, be pissed. That's okay. The hope part comes in looking toward healing in the future. That does not, yeah. that does not mean that in this moment, you have to feel healed. Allow yourself to grieve because you have every right to do so. And then, yeah. and then someday in the future, we will look toward the hope of healing. In mentioning um, you having to go into work, how has this affected your worship at the church? Because clearly you're not having services. I think you mentioned doing them online. Yeah. How has that affected you? Yeah, so it's really, really weird to lead worship to an empty church building. And notice I said church building <laughs> because I have to remind myself through this lonely time that the church is the people. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, it's weird to lead worship for an empty house. <laughs> Do you literally go into the church when no one's yep. there and lead it from there? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. So our pastor- And you're recording it and yes. going live yeah. or something? Yeah. So our pastor and our kids, our children's minister and myself, and I usually schedule two musicians to join me. Uh, oh, and our organist. And we are combining. So we have a contemporary worship service and a traditional worship service usually. And we're combining both of them into one worship service so that we can get out of there. Honestly, Um, we get in, we lead our worship service and we get out and we Lysol everything along the way. (laughs) And we socially distance in that room. Um, We talked about bringing the worship service into a smaller room because it's more intimate. And then we decided, nope, that would not be abiding by social distance um, laws. And so we're going to be in this big sanctuary, all like six of us. <laughs> and Well, I think there's something too for those watching the live that makes it comforting because it's where they usually are used to seeing you. So I know it's weird from your perspective. It's like, you know, you're always in rehearsal, but it's on the other side of it, it, I think it could be quite comforting. And that's a good thing to keep some sort of consistency for them. And it is, we've, we found that our congregation is super comforted. 
they just appreciate the live streamed services so much. How has spirituality influenced you as a mom? Oh gosh, so much. Grace, (laughs) having grace for myself as a mom, every mom who's listening to this knows you're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I mess up daily. You can either beat yourself up for that and say, ah, what are the ramifications of what I just did? And did I, mm-hmm. am I going to hurt my son? You know, I messed him up for life. Yeah. <laughs> so having grace for myself and having grace for my partner, because this is also my husband's first time being a dad and yeah. it's brand spanking new to him. You know, um, he didn't even really grow up babysitting, which at least I did. His real first experience with kids, even was with our godson, and he's amazing with him. But we would watch our godson for a few hours and then we would send him home. And my husband got to be like the fun uncle type, and and now he's dry heaving as he changes poopy diapers. (laughs) So, anyway, but having grace for my partner is part of my faith values. And I'm not perfect at that. Some days I get more frustrated with him than I would like to. And I think sometimes he gets more frustrated with me than he would like to. Um, Just because those are our faith values doesn't mean we're perfect at them. Um, So again, grace. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And having grace for Julian. Right now, he is really fun and silly and just amazing. I mean, he's so smart and is exploring so much. I'm sure every mom is like, my son, my daughter is so smart. (laughs) (laughs) And he's so, so fun, but he's also really testy. Like Mm -hmm. he is in that age and probably this will stay through teenage years that he goes to do something that he knows he's not allowed to do he looks at me straight in the eye and smiles and then does it. (laughs) Is it that you kind of feel like the faith that you have allows you some more patience and allows you to kind of step back and observe and pause before you would maybe lash out? A huge part of my faith is based on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, um, which if you're not familiar are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so several of those play into the whole grace thing that I'm talking about. Obviously patience, but also self-control, also kindness, also gentleness. Um, And so centering myself on those things is really important if I'm going to live out my faith in a, um, as a mom and as a wife. Another thing that plays into from a faith perspective how I'm raising Julian is reminding him that who he is is more important than what he does our society is so task oriented when you meet someone for the first time so what do you do yep absolutely that's pretty much the first question across the board and I have been trying to get myself out of that habit yeah it's so hard Yeah, because what we do does not define us. And I don't want, Julian can do whatever he wants when he grows up. 
as long as it's not hurting someone else. However, I don't want him growing up thinking that what he does makes him who he is because it doesn't. Yeah. Who he is to me, from me to me, who he is as a child of God, beloved, gifted, and empowered and spirited. And that is way more important than anything he'll ever do. Yeah. As a child of God, there come responsibilities. So from a Christian perspective, because that's the perspective I know best, loving God in that, you know, we talked about having that relationship, your personal relationship with God, and also loving people is so, it's a, it's a um, rooted part of the Christian faith. And I'm sad, I'm so sad when I see Christian church acting in any other way, because the two greatest commandments in, in Christian scripture are love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So those two values I'm going to stress and remind him of every day for the rest of his life. Well, I think no matter what too, I know that you'll teach that and I know that you'll enforce that, but from a dear friend of yours perspective, I mean, if you never said it in your life to him, if you never spoke those words to him, I know for a fact that he would learn that lesson just because of who you are. I mean, you are one of the most, if not the most welcoming and loving person from the homeless person on the street to your best friend and your grandmother. I mean, you are just open and loving and you listen and, and you give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I think no matter what your faith is, no matter what you believe, no matter what your spiritual connection is, or even if you have none, you know, you're the last person to judge and to question. And you're the first person to lend a helping hand or an ear or just a smile on the street, you know? So I think you can find some comfort in knowing that you already have, and you already will teach that you don't need to just because it's, it's part of who you are. And I think that for all of us, no matter what it is that we believe those kind of core things to ground us in, I mean, that's what our, that's what our world needs right now. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what we should be showing to each other. That's what we should be communicating. And, you know, when we do see people out on the street sharing just a gentle smile or, or sharing some love and some light, I mean, cause it can get so dark so quickly. What would you say are some steps or some, I want to call them steps. What are some things, some steps that people can take that maybe don't know what they believe and just want to have a little bit more of that grace? What are some things that people can do to mm -hmm. kind of dip their toe into the water and, and not talking about God or anybody with a name or a specificity, but just yeah, that energy of grace? Sure. Um, Hmm. I think music is really integral in spirituality. It's a part of, I think, every religion and also just part of being coming and in, in tune with the world around you. So I would say um, 
if you're looking for a change, maybe try listening to a different kind of music. If you're looking for a change, then that requires a change in yourself, a change in your behavior. And so I would say change the music you're listening to. I would say meditate or pray. And if you're not ready to use the word pray, then meditating is wonderful. Opening your mind is literally so good for your soul. That doesn't need to be directed to any being for the work to be done. Yeah, really, it's the things that you're putting into your body affect who you become. So the music, the books you're reading, the shows you're watching, the movies you're watching, you really have the power to sculpt yourself. I mean, I even know that there are some inspirational people and speakers that I follow. Yeah. A couple of my favorites are Brene Brown. Yes. She has some amazing books and she has also an awesome um, show on Netflix. She has a podcast now too. She does. Oh, yeah. She just started. I, I think she's done like three episodes. Oh, that's cool. And then um, my other two favorites are some people have conflicting opinions about this man, but Tony Robbins, I find him very inspirational and I've read a lot of his books. Yeah. And then the other Robbins, not connected to Tony, uh, <laughs> Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. And Mel Robbins, I find to be also very inspirational. She also does is very active on Instagram. She might even have a podcast that I think just started as well. But so that kind of a thing too, maybe if you're listening to different inspirational people um, who are opening your mind in that way too, I get a lot of faith and spirituality when I read a self-improvement book or I listen to a self-improvement podcast or any kind of recording or anything like that. It really, really helps. Yeah. Something... Exactly. And, um, you know, the phrase you are what you eat, Mm -hmm. it's, it's the same kind of a concept. You are what you listen to. You are what you read. You are what you participate in. Another thing that I would challenge people to do is try to see other people through the lens of the divine, whatever that divine is to you. For me, it's Jesus. So when I walk down the street, I challenge myself almost daily. Some days I'm not in the mood, but almost daily, (laughs) I challenge myself to look at people who are passing me through the eyes, through the lens of Jesus. What that means for me is that they, he, she are just as loved as I am, are just as faulted as I am, are just as in need of care and friendship and the five love languages <laughs> as I am. <laughs> and so maybe I'm not going to go up to that stranger and give them a huge hug, especially during the COVID-19 crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I can look at that person and say, you are beloved. You have worth and you have value. And whatever you're going through right now, you deserve to feel compassion and care. And so I do, I do try to smile at everyone I pass, not out of a um, fake, look at me, I'm smiling all the time persona, but out of a, you, you are worthy of my smile. You are worthy of me looking you in the eyes today. 
And how many people go through life believing that they're not worthy of that? A lot, a lot of people. It's such an easy and free thing to give out that I think we should all practice it, especially during this time and those times that we're out there trying to get some fresh air and distance from our family members or whatever it is. Yeah. Just sharing that I think is our own way that we can pass faith along and pass spirituality along. Yeah. And if they get a little glimmer of hope or of faith, maybe they'll, you know, pass that along to somebody else. Like today, when I was finishing up my walk, I walked by a couple houses and saw the rainbows that some kids are putting in the windows. Yeah. And you know, that was such a little thing that they probably did as a little project for themselves. And, but it gave me a little bit of faith and a little bit of hope. It's such a little thing. So I think that's the most important. If we can try to do something, you know, a lot of what we're going through right now feels out of our control. And I know that I'm leaning on the things I can control, my health, what I put in my body, what I listen to, how I, how I act and respond every day. And I think those are the things that can make us spiritual no matter what our actual beliefs are, is sharing some gentleness and love yeah. you know, around the world at this time. Yeah. I love that they're doing rainbows. That's, um, I mean, that's a powerful symbol for moms, um, for anyone who's lost a baby. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Rainbow, rainbow baby. babies are uh, the baby that you get to raise. And also, I love just the symbolism of we're in a storm right now. Uh, yes. This is a violent storm. Um, and the rainbow is that symbol of hope that mm-hmm. the storm will pass and that we will have that rainbow to look to. I love that. I love that kids in your area are doing that. I've seen hearts, but I haven't seen rainbows. That's so cute. Yeah. Well, this has just been so wonderful to talk to you. And I think, you know, like I said, when we first started, I I didn't want to focus on a specific religion or name or whatever, but I think it's just important at a time like this that we can have an open conversation about what faith is to people and what spirituality is to people and, you know, grace. I think that's, that word is so important. And I think if we reminded ourselves to live in that and to share that, that's what'll make us a spiritual and faith community. Yeah. Living in grace. My very last question before I let you go is quite a while from now when Julian is 18, what is something that you would like to tell him now for that time? I can't even imagine my baby being 18. I'm welling up. Ah! I would tell him so many things. Um, I, I'm just going to be really honest and say that I would tell him to have faith <laughs> and um, to not forget who he is. And maybe also to not forget who the people are around him, too. I could rest easy forever knowing that he grew up to be a kind, loving, compassionate human. I think that's what I would say. (laughs) And also I would tell him that you better keep hugging me and kissing me or letting me hug you and kiss you. That's perfect. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) stop. 
<laughs> he might he might have uh, already gone through that phase of not liking that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, talk about meltdowns. That's when I'm gonna have mine. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Era. This was really beautiful. I love you. Thanks love for having you me. podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms and I am your host I'm not yet a mama I'm a mama in training if you're enjoying what you hear please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe rate and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding if you'd like to be a guest and share your story email me at the pumping at gmail.com You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.